welcome everyone to episode six of Wind and Rain. Remember, if you like this story, it's available on Amazon.com and at www.osuz504.tech. That's osuz504.tech. And be sure to check out Ozzy's new long-running story of the week posted on the homepage for your viewing pleasure. The latest one is called Bad Company. It's a second-person experience with the reader playing a character named Burke. There's some betrayal, space explosions, a hot guy named Hoshi, a sentient space creature slash ship named Shori, uh, so go check it out. Now, back to our story. Phoebe opened the gate in the courtyard with a filament of golden light that unfurled in her trademark fern pattern. She felt Ocean's appreciation. Your magic is so delicate, he said. Such control and precision. Remarkable. Uh, thanks, she said. I like plants. Obviously, said Hurricane, pushing her husband through the now open rift. Less talking, more boom boom, children. The four fell through the rift onto the same terrace as her dream. Confusing pillars holding up nothing, stairs twining to walls, a house turned inside out made of white stone and covered with tropical vegetation. Vegetation that bled and moaned and reached for them as if it was sentient. Sickly, humid, sticky, sweet moisture coated the air, and Phoebe immediately shed as much clothing as she could. Hurricane gave her an inquiring glance as she settled her hammer more securely in her hands, as if Ankh was going to leap out at them from the bushes. Relax, said Phoebe. She's a lover, not a fighter. And it is hot as hell here. How are you two not dying? Hurricane made a derisive noise, and Ocean said, We are water mages. We like this kind of weather. Ugh, said Phoebe. To each her own spring. Come on now, where is she? I'm getting hungry to do something, said Hurricane, letting her turquoise power start to transform her again. Armor and that terrible wind started, making Phoebe's hair lash into her eyes. She walked forward deeper into the twisted house and could feel ocean and Hurricane following her, and the thickening vegetation. Hungry plants with teeth reached out for them, screaming with pain and starvation, but with each step she pulled their ferociousness away and replaced them with simple vines bringing their tortured spirits into herself, calming them. Creepy, muttered Ocean. This kind of magic is just so unnatural. It surprised a barely hushed burst of laughter from Phoebe. They're just plants, Ocean. No need to get upset. Weird plants, he said, watching another thing open itself to try and spray acid at them. With souls. Phoebe stroked its little bud-blossom head and, had it, and it fell away into the hibiscus flower. A screaming thing fell from the overhanging branches onto Hurricane, and she smashed it to earth with a brutal swing of her hammer. Phoebe scowled at her. There's no need to kill them. Do what you want, mage. But if something falls on me and tries to eat me, I reserve the right to kill it. I have the same rule for spiders. Besides, I'd hate for you to have all the fun in this battle. Fine. Hurricane, you're a monster. The smashed plant dragged itself up, ruined, body bloodied with actual blood and meaty bits hanging off it, and Phoebe leaned down to send another pulse of golden magic through the passageway to pacify the plant-animal things, leeching their ruined souls away to leave only the plant. Screeching and moaning subsided, allowing only the pleasant sound of a breeze through the leaves. Besides, she said, Ankh specializes in resurrection. We may not be able to kill anything. Son of a bitch, said Hurricane. Sorry, Treasure, I thought you knew, said Ocean. Mm, came the irritated response. 
Phoebe stepped in something that squished disconcertingly under the vines and pulled her foot up from the flooded stone in vague horror at the mash of black stuff attached to it. Gross, she said. Is it dead? Said her asked Hurricane hopefully. Nope, pretty sure it's something's bowel movement. Oh. Gross, said Hurricane, moving past Phoebe as she tried to wipe it on leaves that didn't have teeth or look too dangerous. The odd inside-out corridors opened into a multi-leveled courtyard. A fountain built into the white stone in the shape of a compass rose vomited something green and bile-like. Plant monsters, half vegetation and half meat, lapped at the fountain and skittered away at the arrival of new people. The green bile overflowed into a long tea canal at the far end of the courtyard. Above them, birds with human faces and twisted mashups of flying monsters, some with leathery wings, others with feathers and long, slimy tongues that extended far too long from their mouths, circled overhead and screamed down at the mages. Charming, said Ocean. I love what she's done with the place. They seem mostly harm harmless, said Hurricane, staring up at the levels with interest. And there's plenty of water here for us, lover. Prrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Hurricane nodded and followed behind Phoebe up the stairway. Another corpse stumbled out of the garden, flailing and grabbing wildly at Phoebe. She let it, trying to avoid the immediate revulsion of the dead flesh, and inhaled its soul, too, with a satisfied slurp. Tastes like chicken, she said, just for Ocean's benefit. Yum. He shuddered, and she suddenly had a moment of insight into why silence was the way he was. She chuckled to herself. The birds and flying monsters called out around them. Plants on this level were actual plants, not meat hybrids. No teeth or crying or disconcertingly human faces frozen in the petals. But they were large, huge even. Giant trees and roots climbed and twisted after the group like impatient children running after their parents. Phoebe turned and opened her hands surrounding the tree in a soft golden mist like pollen in the sun. The roots slammed up against it and retreated as quickly as they shot forward. Weed killer? asked Hurricane sarcastically. You know, Phoebe, I'm not sure if it's if this is supposed to be a fun experience, but I have to tell you that I do not like battles where nothing can die. I feel it fundamentally violates my main contribution to the team. I understand, said Phoebe. Occasional hazard in my line of work. Ocean snorted in amusement. Phoebe knelt down, pressing her palms to the smooth stone of the garden, focusing her attention on her mother, trying to feel through the stone and the plants the presence the one that reminded her of soil and grit and milk. Mama, she called out through the plants, letting her consciousness fill all of them up and see through their senses. Where are you? She turned toward the northern end of the compound, her eyes still closed, moving up another stairwell, broken and shattered with debris as vines and jungle grew denser and denser around them. Spring, honey, Hurricane's voice seemed confused. Did you just move everything upside down? Phoebe opened her eyes. The stair she'd led them on had flipped and stopped in the middle of a mezzanine between garden stages, and it just ended in the middle of the air. A backwards mirror of the courtyard and corridors were reflected on this level underneath the former height by an upside-down fountain and pool. Mom likes puzzles, she said, making a small motion to command the vines on the other side of the garden to reach toward them, creating a small footbridge. I'm pretty sure she's over here. Hungry creatures called and tracked them from the ground, but nothing attacked them. The other side was even more dilapidated and overgrown than the previous one. Stone was covered in green moss, roots, living things slowly crushing the labyrinth out of existence. Are we there yet? whined Hurricane, only partially joking. I'm bored, and I haven't gotten to kill anything all day. Don't interrupt, whispered Ocean. Spring is doing a very delicate spell. Relax, said Phoebe. She's close. Here. From the air, Phoebe picked a small moonflower, a tiny, fragile thing, and whispered her mother's name to it. Immediately, a snowstorm of other moonflower flowers fell around her, laying a pristine white path around a geometrically twisted stair, over a column and arch set, through warped branches into the canopy of another impenetrable jungle. Huge branches suddenly reversed, becoming corridors. The branches that spiraled around themselves and each other made Phoebe dizzy with the height and the visual spatial shock as she tried to focus on putting her feet against the white path laid out in moonflowers against nothing but air. But her mother's spell seemed to change their direction and their orientation every moment. Vines reached out as if to grab them, but Phoebe soothed them with a single word, layering a golden mist on all three of them as they followed the white flowers.
I'm going to throw up if we have to go much further, said Hurricane. Where is she? Close, whispered Phoebe, feeling something waiting for them. The trees abruptly ended at another half-built corridor out of nowhere. This one was also upside down, or maybe sideways, and they walked on the bottom edges of the window ledges as more moonflowers rained down from the sky and blanketed their path. As they stepped through a final backward ruined arch covered with vines and moonflowers, Phoebe saw Ankh, her mother, sitting in the same chair she remembered from childhood, achingly lovely with her bronze-brown skin, voluptuous figure, and flowing hair. Hello, mother, she said gently. I've missed you. Baby, said Ankh, holding out her arms. Phoebe stepped forward only to have Hurricane place a cautionary hand on her. Spring, is that? She patted the other woman and gently removed her hand. It's fine. She folded herself into Ankh, closing her eyes to breathe in the scent of growing things and thick, dark soil. Mama, I see you got your memory back, and you've taken over the underworld. Ankh sighed and stroked Phoebe's hair. You know, you know I never wanted that for you. I didn't create you so you could be buried in darkness and death. My darling, you were supposed to be a light shining here with the living. I know, Mama, Phoebe said, feeling unutterably comforted by the feeling of her mother's arms around her. It would be so easy to just let go, let her do whatever she wanted, forget about all this responsibility, and stay here. Ankh hummed a little and rocked her slightly back and forth, and Phoebe felt all her loneliness and doubt drop away. There, my heart, why don't you stay here with me? No more worries. Let Mama take care of everything for you. She could feel Ankh drawing her magic out of her, feel her body starting to change, to dematerialize as her mother gently started to take her back into herself. Flicks of darkness crawled up her fingers from where she clutched at her mother's dress, and she eased away slowly. Mama, there was a reason silence locked you here. Do you remember? Do you remember how you remake things? How things change around you when you have too much power? Silence? Ankh's face froze and slipped into an expression of hatred. The shadow boy. Yes, he came. He took my children away from me, including you, she said, focusing again on Phoebe and giving her a little shake. He thinks life can be snuffed out, that my creatures are not natural. But look at you, my beautiful daughter. He likes you well enough to think he can steal you from me. Mama, you know he didn't steal anything. Will you let me put you back to sleep? You're hurting people right now with all that power. Go back to sleep. Let your dreams seep up to us. Don't make anything for a while. Sleep? Ankh smiled benevolently at her daughter, stroking the line of Phoebe's jaw affectionately. No, baby, I don't want to sleep. You can have a nap if you're tired, though. Spring, warned Hurricane. I think you should get away from her. Ankh leveled a furious gaze at Hurricane. Mind your own business, storm child. I will handle my daughter in whatever way I see fit. Savage vines and creatures lunged towards Hurricane, who slapped them away easily, dancing between strikes like a waterspout of grace and power. Turquoise silver magic engulfed her as she called winds that swirled, shredding everything in her path. At her mother's feet, Phoebe saw, for the first time, a midnight blue and turquoise silver river, ribbon binding ocean and hurricane, and she had a sudden understanding. They should always fight together. Ocean is more powerful, but too slow. 
Hurricane is more destructive, but too vulnerable. Ocean feeds her power so she can fight for both of them. Silence was a fool to keep Hurricane out of the battles. Phoebe looked up at her mother and slowly started to pull away her power. She wrapped vines around Ankh's feet and twined them up into her hair as she was distracted with Hurricane. Feeling the nothingness that had opened up a hole in her soul, Phoebe drained Ankh's magic into her. Sybil, she started, intending to simply put her to sleep to stop the chaos, only to feel Ankh's vines instead wrap around her and her mother's mad eyes focused on hers. No, daughter, Ankh said, putting a hand around her throat and leaning in as if she was going to suck Phoebe's magic out through her mouth. I will not go back to sleep. Mama. Phoebe shouted, feeling thorns prick into her skin as an old spell activated, rooting her body to the ground. You think I am so slow as to let one of my children go out into the world without a way to control it? I will not go back under the earth. You will obey me, Phoebe. Phoebe felt the command rocket through her, and her own mind suddenly seemed hazy, indistinct, as if it belonged to another woman from far, far away. I hear and obey, mother, she said, letting the vines cut her, feeling the magic drain out of her and glorying in the obedience. Good girl, said Ankh, smiling at Hurricane and Ocean. Children should always obey their parents, don't you think? Ankh leaned down to take a long drink of Phoebe's blood, letting it stain her lips and her teeth as Phoebe looked up adoringly at her. I love you, Mama, she said. Of course you do, baby. Ugh, said Hurricane, disgusted. What kind of mother eats her child? Phoebe let her head flop to the side as Ankh dropped her and bound her to the earth, still bleeding her magic out of her paralyzed body. She saw Hurricane morph, lose her physical body in a shifting, dancing woman shape. Wind screamed from all directions, and ocean hummed deep in his throat, growing, elongating, rumbling in a way that made the earth shake and the air glow a deep, deep blue. Hurricane was dancing. That was the only word to describe it. As power flowed into her from ocean, her body bent and twisted in impossibly graceful and impossible-to-follow movements that ended with debilitating hammer strikes to Ankh. The wind shrieked louder, decimating plants and creating an impenetrable shield around the two water mages. If Phoebe could have covered her ears, she would have, but trapped in the wind, she could almost hear music between the two. Terrible, ancient music, but a rhythm that Hurricane followed, letting her patterns move as Ocean directed her, and letting his power flow as Hurricane needed him. Phoebe could barely hear Ankh's screech of fury, but she could feel the earth move as Ankh reached green magical fingers into the wind, searching for Hurricane, searching for the spark of life to snuff it out or mutate it. Ocean gathered himself, feeling the intrusion into their meld, and just as Ankh's face lit up, feeling the heart of Hurricane, ready to rip it out, Ocean smashed his big fist into the ground. A wall of water descended on Ankh, beating her into the earth, compressing her, flowing down her throat and through her, exploding outward. The plants all gave a low moan as Ankh's body exploded into meaty bits, immediately snapped up and consumed by whatever was still left alive. Phoebe felt her mother's magic invade her, felt the madness consume her thoughts, and felt her body rise and ready for a fight. No! shouted Hurricane. Phoebe! Phoebe Ankh laughed as she looked at her new hands. She's so beautiful, my daughter, isn't she? I wanted her to be beautiful. You'd be surprised at how many times I had to remake her. Stop, 
upshot of Hurricane again, leveling another twisting assault of water spouts and debris, expanding the circle another 20 feet. But no hammer strikes fell. She didn't want to hit Phoebe. You're just jealous, said Ankh Phoebe. Look at her. She's perfect. She's your daughter, not a painting, said Hurricane, easing the wind and coming to a stop in front of Phoebe Ankh. Her shape rippled and twisted with magic, hers an ocean swirling around her. Her hammer was held in both hands, cocked behind her, waiting. She's just a child, your child. She brought it back for a running start, and Phoebe felt just a hint of control left to her, as if her mother was distracted. She took it, rooting herself to the ground and having an inkling of what was coming next. Good thing we got our little practice sessions in, she managed to think, not looking forward to what was about to happen from Hurricane. You don't expect anything from children, said Hurricane, lighting up blue silver as she sprinted towards Phoebe, raising her hammer high and smashing into her with metal magic, with metal and magic. You just love them. The hammer fell hard. Concussive force from both the metal and the magic beat Phoebe to her knees and would have exploded her head if she hadn't thrown her arms over herself at the last minute and called up a shimmering crystal shield. Still, it shattered under Hurricane's strike and Phoebe felt her body breaking apart, felt her mother reel from the shock and the pain of being hit, but this wasn't the first time Phoebe had been hit with Hurricane's hammer. As her mother's control slipped, Phoebe slammed her fists together, re-knitting her skin up with bark armor, binding her bones with mycelia, and healing herself with a burst of golden light in the shape of a chrysanthemum that flared on her skin. Before her mother had time to escape, she captured the emerald em energy that was Ankh, compressed her into the diamond-hard black hole seed resting in her pocket, the one she'd made by accident with Phaestos. A good use for a black hole, finally, she thought, grateful again for the metal maid. With another word of power, she opened her fern gate to a realm filled with stars. Sybil, Ankh the Resurrector, I name you and bind you to the mother bear stars for eternity. May your feet never touch earth and no living things surround you. She took a deep breath, letting her bones settle a little more, and flung into the night with all the might of a mushroom spore before sealing up the rift. A quick flash of light shone out as the constellation Ursa Major flared. Phoebe put her hands on her knees, breathing hard and feeling weak as her magic finished the spell she'd rushed and her body started to feel more solid. Oh, wow. Ouch. Hurricane, ever, anyone ever tell you you pack one hell of a punch? Hurricane patted her. Once or twice. I tried to pull most of it. Well done. Family reunions are always trouble. Ocean, honey, would you mind doing the honors? She made a little motion toward Phoebe. I think she could use a piggyback ride at the moment. Of course, my dear, he said, scooping Phoebe up. But where? Deep booms echoed in the distance. Three powerful explosions rocked the broken house, which had already started to crumble without Ankh to maintain it. A firework of lava and spouting flames shot to the south. The already destabilized ruins shook. Ocean set Phoebe down carefully so he could face the new threat. Ocean, said Hurricane. What is it? Can you see? He dropped to his knees to plunge his hands into the earth, following streams and capillaries of water until he could see the source. He glowed a deep blue. Kuleo, he said finally, in his slow way. And he's angry. Fuck, said Hurricane, dropping her head and closing her eyes. What'd I just say about family reunions? I'm sorry, said Ocean. 
but has started opening a hole in the earth. It looks large and very hot. We should probably do something. For some reason, the phrase stuck Phoebe as funny. She smothered a chuckle to say seriously, a hurricane I don't understand. What's... It's my brother, she said. Kulail is my brother, and he's pissed, so that means we don't have much time. She let her head fall back so she could see the sky. Fuck. How do I not know this? asked Phoebe. Your brother was locked up in Tartarus, and you never mentioned it? And seriously, three leviathans in one family? What's in the water down in Yis? Bad attitude and authority issues, it looks like, said Hurricane, with a little sigh. Hey, and look who's talking. You've got three in yours. This is why we can't have anything nice. All three started as an obscenely bright light flashed in front of them, and a gloved fist punched through the air, leaving a ragged hole filled with the eternal night of crossroads on the other side. Thunder stuck his head through the hole and waved. Hey, sorry we're late. He took in the destruction. Aw, man. Hurricane doesn't leave much left, does she? What'd I miss? Spring threw her mother into a constellation, rumbled Ocean. It was very symbolic. I'm not sure how she did it, though. There was a jewel. It was very pretty. Hurricane punched him lightly. Oh, shut up, you big lug. Anka's taken care of. Lightbringer, on the other hand. She motioned behind her. Is still in the fight and getting pissier by the moment. Magda pushed Thunder a little aside and waved to get Phoebe's attention. Mistress, there's something dark on the horizon. Judas says it looks like something from the west. Whatever it is, it's big and looks like it's the master's magical signature. Silence? Phoebe felt nerves and excitement run through her. He's here? Magda nodded. Somewhere west. Will you come? Phoebe looked at Hurricane and Ocean. What do you want to do? We will handle Lightbringer, said Ocean definitively, drawing Hurricane close to him. We have done it before, though it was many, many years ago. You and Thunder and Magda should go west to see. He paused. If it is silence, I hope you have a plan. We'll follow after. Hurricane huffed and crossed her arms. If we can still stand at the end of it, Kulail is a gigantic pain in the ass. So he is, acknowledged Ocean. Go, we will follow. Phoebe nodded and reached out a hand to briefly squeeze Hurricane's before she stepped through Thunder's rift, safe at crossroads. Chapter 7 Judas looked at her and then back down to the mirror. Frankly, mistress, I don't know what it is. He passed his hands over the water again, but nothing more than a dim sigil outlined in dark purple remained. This is all the signature I can find. When I move it in the mortal realm, he changed the image in the pool with another wave. This is all I see. Highlighted in the water was Hyperion's normal cosmic wonder. Wheeling galaxies and cosmic dust suspended in unreal colors and intense starlight spanned the sky where a simple Milky Way should be. But under that, between heaven and earth, there seemed to be a thin line of burning, roiling clouds, red-lit, or maybe purple-lit, churning as if something was passing at high speeds over them. What is it? asked Thunder, leaning close. It doesn't look like magic. It looks almost like, I don't know, a dust storm? Judas shrugged. I can't tell. All I can see is that sigil overlooking the west gate, near the roof of the world, and this line of... Whatever it is. Thunder squinted, staring more closely at the sigil. Mm, 
could be silence's magic. Maybe. It doesn't feel right. Something weird. But it could be his? asked Phoebe in a tight voice. Do you think it is? Thunder gave her a droll look. He's your husband. Wouldn't you know his magical signature better than anybody? She glared at him. Why does everyone assume that just because you live together and have sex with someone, you are now the be-all and end-all source of information for that person? He has other friends and interests. I guess. Possibly. Well, and anyway, I never really did all that much magic with him, she said a little sheepishly. You all fought together for years. Hmm, said Thunder. Fine, I don't know. Yes, it's purplish and shadowy and emo-like and it could be silence, but it feels weird. Well, weirder than silence. There, what now? We should go and investigate, right? Asked Magda. We have to check it. Mm. Thunder rubbed his forehead. You know, it, it could be Kulum, actually. Kulum? Soulbinder. He was always... tricky. Silence usually handled him. He said me and Ocean weren't equipped. Wonder why. He made another shrugging motion. I don't know. Could be silence, could be Hulum. Phoebe looked at Judas. We'll go see. Thank you. Possessed with a notion, she kissed his forehead. You are a good friend and a good companion. Thank you for this. Mistress, he hid his eyes. It's my job. Please don't thank me. Okay, whatever you say, said Thunder. Bye, Hellhound, as he turned, giving a little backwards wave in insolent unconcern and walked back towards the gate. Nice knowing you. Phoebe scowled at the big blonde man's back, but smiled at Judas. I'll do my best to bring silence home, I promise. Judas nodded and then looked at Magda. Something passed between the two of them that Phoebe couldn't read, but Magda smiled at him and gripped his hand for a moment before taking Phoebe's. Here, mistress, she said, leading Phoebe back toward the gate and handing her the big black horned bow that silence used for the hunt. Per your request, Faceless fixed it up a bit. He says, just shoot magic at the damned things then, since he's not a Fletcher and he didn't have anything to make arrows with. Ah, Phoebe said, feeling the weight as unfamiliar and much heavier than she expected. Right. I was going to use a weapon, wasn't I? Uh-huh, said Magda. Faceless also said, let her know that when she actually wants a weapon she can use, come back and see me. Then he called you a number of names that all seemed to mean stupid and short-sighted. That seems reasonable, said Phoebe, struggling to hook the string around her so she could carry it on her back. It felt strange and unnatural. This did seem like a better idea when I wasn't actually carrying the damn thing. Phoebe, Thunder, and Magda all paused at the foot of the gate. Crossroads loomed behind them, making Phoebe feel absurdly homesick for not having left the courtyard yet. Are we ready? Any last words of wisdom before we do this? asked Phoebe, trying not to feel afraid trying to ignore the way the new armor rubbed on her skin. It felt too tight. She disliked it intensely, even though Faceless had made sure to use flexible materials and had kept it as light as possible. It still felt cold and restrictive and smelled like death to her. Silence's bow seemed poorly fit across her back, even though having something of his was also comforting. Even though he's technically the enemy now. Mama was right. I have terrible taste in men. Her throat felt too dry, but no matter how many times she swallowed, it didn't seem to help. My first real battle. I suddenly feel the need to go to the bathroom again, she thought. Magda patted her arm comfortingly, sensing her distress. No wonder Silence never wanted me to do this. I am uniquely unsuited for it. 
Don't worry, mistress. The waiting is the worst part. Once you're actually in it, you'll be too scared to think. It makes things easier. Scared. <laughs> Thunder punched his fist through the gate in a white ripple of power. Fear is useless. We'll either win or we won't. He gave a bloodthirsty smile to Phoebe. You might even find you enjoy it. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Family tradition. Silence always tried to keep me out of this sort of nonsense, muttered Phoebe. You and Maggie might have to do some heavy lifting here. Magda threw her head back to howl, striking her slender, flexible swords against her breastplate. Open it, Sky King, she said, setting her feet to rush headlong into whatever was waiting for them. Open it. I am ready. Thunder tore his hand out of the gate, leaving a gaping hole revealing a simple white room. A single candle perched on a small table next to a thin cot, all white and empty. It could have been a monk's room or a prison cell. Something about it seemed terribly easy to her. If it is Soulbinder, why are we fighting this person again? We haven't even seen him in any of the realms. Maybe we could just walk in, say hello, and walk out? Is that a thing? She had expected explosions or earth-shaking magic like the other leviathans. An elemental storm of power and energy swirling around the Soulbinder. Not a bedroom. Phoebe paused. So odd. Just a room, but where... Magda had already leapt through, thunder close on her heels. Wait, she tried to say, too late, as the gate started to fold in on itself. God damn it. She threw herself into it. All three stumbled into the room, and the gate sealed up behind them. Nothing happened. Phoebe felt her breathing get ragged. Where was he? Why wasn't anything happening? Easy, mistress, said Magda. Put your back to us here, and let's just take a moment. Master Thunder, I don't suppose you can sense anything. No, he said, voice deep and unexpectedly serious. Phoebe was a little disconcerted at the sudden change in him, startled to realize Thunder was treating this critically, as if it mattered, as if he was actually focused and paying attention. It happens so rarely. I can't see anything. The way is dark. I should be able to look through the walls and find him, but there's nothing but shadow. It's not silence. Phoebe felt it in her bones. She was fairly sure Thunder and Maggie knew it, too. It's Hulum. Thunder was right. Unfortunate, said Magda. She took a step towards the candle. Something about this place almost feels familiar. She picked it up. No, don't, shouted Thunder. The light went out. Pitch blackness wrapped around them. What did I do? asked Magda. Fuck, said Thunder. Energy swirled around them, and Phoebe could see the faint outline of a familiar symbol flaring purple in the dark. Transmutation and something else, she thought, feeling her gut shift as Hulam's magic flowed through them. A long, silent pause, then an odd lapping sound, and the room started to shift, rocking very slightly. Thunder slammed his fist against the wall, bellowing. Soulbinder, come out. We have to bring you home. Thunder slammed his fist against the wall, bellowing. Soulbinder, come out. We have to bring you home. Home? The words slipped out of the nothingness that was around them, tinny and faint. I am already home. The blackness lifted slightly. A dull blue-gray light filtered into the room. Phoebe could see a tiny window in the upper reaches a window that was crossed and barred, like ships typically had. 
A trapdoor sat exposed next to her feet, and chains spread from the side of the hull to the opposite to side of a thin, dirty bed bolted to the floor. Chains that ended at Magda. Only she was not Magda. Instead of the hellhound, this Magda was tiny, frail, and possibly young. She was naked, slender wrists blackened by manacles that looked too heavy and too rough for her. Maggie? whispered Phoebe, unconsciously dropping her bow and rushing to the woman, no, girl's side. Maggie, what happened? Girl Maggie gave an inarticulate cry of fear and wedged herself more securely in the corner, covering her face and tucking her legs protectively in front of her. Maggie, sweetheart, said Phoebe, trying to comfort her, but Maggie shied away from her touch as if it hurt her. Soulbinder, said Thunder, slowly, as if thinking through something he hadn't thought of in a long time. Spring, this is one of Magdalena's memories. He turned to take in the room better, now that the light had grown stronger. We are on a ship. This is someone's private berth. What? Hollum, he shouted. I know you're here. Stop messing with the girl and come fight me. Hollum? said Magda in a man's voice from the corner. That is a name I haven't heard in a long time. Hollum. There was pounding on the deck above them, shouted voices and the sounds of metal against wood. Magda looked down at her hands. This one is broken. I can feel silence in her. She looked at up at them with Hollum's eyes. Is silence here? I miss her. Phoebe stepped forward. Soulbinder, silence is not herself right now. Maybe you can help us find her, though. She held out a hand. Come with us. You'll be safe, I promise. Magda looked at her with dead eyes. Her short hair and bruised face looked pale in the morning light filtering in from the window, and Phoebe shivered just a little. She looked empty, as if something had hollowed out her insides and stripped her of anything human. Like I'd wished for. It was an uncomfortable thought. Safe? Safe from what? No one can escape from their own minds, she said, still in that old man voice. She wants to relive this. I asked her what she thought of in the dark, and this is what she told me. Maggie? Maggie told you about this? Release us, Soulbinder. There's nothing here. Come back with us. Give us back Maggie. Those lifeless, apathetic eyes stared into hers. No, Maggie Hullum said. She wants you to see. There were more voices topside, and the rocking of the ship intensified as Magda again slumped to the floor. floor. Phoebe could feel waves moving the ship and the telltale warp of the wood when they hit the sea. We've cast off, said Thunder softly. I can see the shore now. We're headed west. Well, get us out of here, said Phoebe crossly. You're an air maid. Shouldn't you whip up a wind or something to get us back to land and fix Maggie? He gave her a contemptuous look. I was getting to it, lady. Doing magic before you were even born. Don't get snippy with me. Phoebe rolled her eyes but kept quiet as the big man drew a series of geometric shapes with his hands, clapping them together violently. Nothing happened. Was that it? said Phoebe, confused. Was something supposed to happen? She could almost hear his teeth grinding together. Yes, he growled. Be quiet. Another series of gestures with a flare of white light illuminating beautiful symmetrical patterns in the air. Another clap of his hands. Nothing. Look, thunder, shut up, 
he growled, starting another series punctuated with brilliant flashes of light. Phoebe went back to Maggie, slumped in the corner. She seemed to have passed out. As she put her hands on the girl's body, her healing instincts shrilled alarms. Dehydration, starvation, malnutrition, broken bones. Oh, honey, what are they doing to you? She whispered a word of power to root a tendril in Maggie's manacle, coaxing it to break apart the iron from the inside out. But no plant grew. Nothing happened. She tried again. Thunder, is it possible we can't do magic because we're in Maggie's memories and she doesn't remember magic in this part of her life? She said it gently, as if she was really hoping to be wrong. There was a long pause. Fuck, he finally said, smashing his fist through the door. It passed right through. What do we do? said Phoebe, feeling helplessness gnaw at her. Are we, are we trapped here? Forever? She looked down at the broken girl at her feet. Watching her die? The door opened. A thick man with weathered skin came through, brushing past Thunder and her as if they were dustmotes, even passing through them to grab Maggie. He had clumsy hands, strong, hands that held the girl against the wall, considering and assessing. Are you still alive then, he asked, shaking her. You ready to go back to the pens or are you going to make more trouble? Maggie's head rolled forward in protest at the shaking. Swollen, blurry eyes looked at him. She spat something from deep in her throat. The man clubbed her in the face, making her head reel back and forcing her limp with shock. Fine, he said, bending her over the bed and pulling her chains taut to the frame in a practice way that made Phoebe lurch for her bow and take two point-blank range shots to his head that passed into nothing but air. No, 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 she said, not wanting to see what came next. Thunder, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Help her. Their memories, Spring, he said, voice harsh as he turned away. We can't touch anything here. It's all in her head. N no, no, Phoebe said. There has to be something. She saw the man pull off his belt and methodically start beating the girl, rhythmically harmonizing her screams until chunks of her skin began to open in deep rents down her back and thighs. And when she was covered in blood, shaking too hard to hold herself up, collapsed on the bed face down, he rammed himself into her. Phoebe flung herself onto Maggie, shaping her own skin to downy soft lichen, stretching over her, through her, shielding her from as much pain as she could, binding up the wounds in her own head, blocking her from the feeling of being ripped apart from the inside out. But she could feel him as if it was her own skin being ripped. Her rage and Maggie spiraled together, amplifying each other. Her magic slipped through Maggie's blood vessels and brain, hardening her body, giving her strength and more, an outlet for all that caged rage. Phoebe couldn't do anything for her, but Maggie wasn't dead yet. Magdalena growled deep in her throat, tapping into some reserves, full to bursting with Phoebe's energy, and savagely yanked the chains off the bed frame. She looped links around her fists, twisting them to ram them methodically into the man. Phoebe could feel bones breaking underneath the manacles. So she remade them, letting Magdalena's rage and natural powers do the work, feeding her with a never-ending stream. Go, Maggie, she whispered. Do it. Thunder, she tried to call to him in her mind, not knowing if he shared Silence's gifts, but hopeful. We can give her power. We can't do anything, but she can use our energy. Help her. Phoebe couldn't see Thunder, since Maggie had shifted all of her attention to the, her attacker. 
Her eyes were singularly focused on him, watching blood fly as her fists connected over and over again. Phoebe felt vicious, intense satisfaction flowing from the girl to her and back. She fed it with her own rage and need. Good girl, she told Magdalena. Kill him. Do it. Thunder, she called again. This time, white-hot lightning joined her in Magda's mind. She could feel him wrapping his energies around the two, just as she had. I'm here, said the light. I always did my best work with my fists anyway. Phoebe felt the lightning powering Maggie, intensifying her hatred, guiding her hands into the sailor, giving her more strength to shove the creature off. The man fell back and Magdalena followed him, letting her weight shift and settle onto his chest as she carefully, systematically, beat his face into a bloody pulp with fists that sparked with every hit. When there was nothing more than meat under her, she stood up, slowly, staggering a little under her own weight and exhaustion, and moved to the manacle's anchor at the end of the room. She held still for a moment, then yanked it out of the wall as it flared with white light. Phoebe again felt bones cracking under the pressure and knitted them up before Maggie could feel any pain, letting healing magic stream through her even as Thunder gave her another push of violence. What's next? she asked Thunder. I'm not sure, he replied, but I have a feeling she wants to go upstairs. Magdalena, starving, bloody, and naked, opened the door and walked on deck. Within three steps, she calmly swung her chains around two sailors, smashing their heads together and tearing portions out of their throats with her fingernails before flinging them overboard. A burly barefoot man came at her, and she snapped the chains out, wrapping around his throat and dragging him close as she plowed a white-lit fist into his face. Again. And again. Until it was smoking pulp and her tiny frame was plastered with bits of his bone. She let the body fall and the chains with it. In the silence, Phoebe could hear the soft slide of metal against flesh as the chains slipped from around her fists and the soft tink of the chains hitting the deck. She could smell the ocean and fear through Magda's nose. No one moved. Forty faces seemed riveted on Magdalena. She did this herself, thought Phoebe in wonder. How? How did she do this the first time? I'm taking over this ship. Magdalena said after a long moment, in a voice that reminded Phoebe of gravel over bone. Anyone who doesn't like that can come here and die. Phoebe sent another wave of magic through the girl, enjoying seeing the shock on the sailors' faces as her wounds knit up in golden mist and disappeared in front of them. No takers? Good. You'll get paid. I'll take care of you. You don't do anything stupid? I won't have to kill you. You... Magdalena motioned to the man nearest the helm. Take us back to the islands. I'll split the first ship's loot we take with you 50-50 if no one dies. He gave her a lopsided grin of tattoos and broken teeth. Madame Captain, welcome aboard. Love the new dress code. The scene went dark. Again, they were back in a tiny monastic bedroom. A single candle lit on the table. Phoebe could feel thunder reaching out of sight through Maggie's eyes but there was only blackness beyond the walls. Maggie cleared her throat. Masters, um, you can get out now. Thank you and all, but please get out of my head. Oops, sorry, love. Phoebe pulled away from the hellhound slowly, like dandelion flowers drifting on a breeze, consolidating herself inside her body and reforming with a whispered, with a whispered command. Thunder appeared next to her in a flash of light and burned ozone, making Magda rub her head in pain. Ow, Skymaster. Easy with the flashbangs. Maggie. Phoebe couldn't help it. She threw her arms around the hound. 
Maggie, I'm so sorry. Maggie patted her awkwardly. There now, mistress, why are you apologizing? I didn't realize Holland was going to sort through my head like that and pick out all my business. Phoebe felt tears for her trickling down her face quietly, and she buried herself in Maggie's silky black hair that smelled like rain on the mountain to get herself under control. After a moment, Phoebe held her at arm's length, composed. Are you sure you're okay? She eyed her critically, looking for pain or sadness or anything. You're sure you're not hurt? Another pat. I'm sure, mistress. Don't worry, Master Silence fixed me up ages ago. She grinned. I ended up taking control of a whole fleet of ships and destroying the Emperor's navy before my first mate betrayed me and got me executed. Her eyes flashed. It was a good run. She looked down at herself. Master offered me this life as a hound so I could have a family again. It's a good deal. Maggie. Phoebe held her close, feeling anxiously comforted and grateful for her. Magda seemed stiff and uncomfortable, almost as if surprised by the affection. But pleased, she hugged back. Maggie, I'm so glad you're here. You're a terrifying woman, Magda, said Thunder, starting another set of geometrical designs in the air. But please shut up now. Spring, stop blubbering all over and stand back. Damn emotional females. He muttered the last sentence to himself. This is why I never work with women. Shut your mouth, Thunder. No one asked you for an opinion, said Phoebe. Ungrateful. Ugh. Thunder bent suddenly to hold his knees as if something had made him sick. What? Nothing. Spring, please cover your eyes. In a heartbeat, light and fire tore through the room. Filigrees of lightning rippled around the three magi, crawling up the walls, worming their way into corners, trying to break through, trying to find a weak point. But there was nothing but white. White walls, white table, white cot. And as the flash from the lightning cleared, there was an old man, dressed all in white, sitting on the bed. He had soft-looking, short white hair, dark midnight black skin, tattooed with burns or scars and deep furrows around his cheekbones, along his jaw, and into his hairline. Thunder launched a bolt at him instantly, but it passed through him as if he was just a shadow. The man didn't even acknowledge it. Hulum? asked Phoebe. Is this... is this you? She moved closer so she could sit next to him on the cot. He turned blank, dead white eyes on her that instantly made her want to look away and scrub whatever it was out of her soul. Emptiness. No, he said without moving his lips. I have no form anymore. Don't touch him, Spring, said Thunder quickly as Phoebe moved a hand up to the white hair blocking his, her view of his face. You can't... The room disappeared again. Oh, God damn it, Spring! came Thunder's exasperated voice. I told you not to touch him. If we get stuck in one of Magda's PTSD memories again, so fucking help me. I didn't touch him, said Phoebe. Of course you did, he shot back as the same purple sigil lit up the room and Hullum's magic began to flow again. How are we supposed to kill this fucker if you keep letting him dump us in his fantasies? I didn't do anything, said Phoebe through gritted teeth. How did you bind him the first time anyway? You can't seem to do a thing against him. I didn't do shit, said Thunder. Silence handled this one on his own. What did the journal say? Nothing. Nothing? Or did you just forget? Gosh, such a spaz. It said nothing, you jackass, said Phoebe as the world crystallized into an open plain. They were in a desert. A desert with high mountains touched with snow, bordered 
bordering a wide, dry riverbed. Storm clouds roiled above them. It just had a description of Holum and his magic, and then the word hope written at the bottom. She could feel the wind picking it. It smelled odd, like decay, like rot. It felt wrong in the desiccated environment. Thunder didn't respond. Magda had both her swords out and was poised as if she'd caught the scent of something. Oh no, Thunder said almost to himself. Not here. What? What is this? asked Phoebe, staring at Thunder. He was suddenly very young. Way too young. Almost a boy. He was dressed in a short brown tunic. A broad sword and a staff rested in his hands. An unusual starburst symbol splayed across leather armor with his arms and legs bound in bronze and leather gauntlets. Nice uniform. Indeed, said Magda, staring at him in surprise. I believe I preferred you in jeans, my lord, and old enough to drink. Teenagers are not my favorite look. Thunder made a low, disgusted sound. Nor mine. Holum, you son of a bitch, he said, shouting at the sky. What's the big idea, soulbinder? You think this is enough to scare me? Drag up some bullshit from my childhood? There wasn't an answer. Thunder? He sighed, staring down at himself. Well, this is going to suck. He glanced at the women and explained. I used to be a battle mage in the Mycenaean army when I was young and dumb. Well, young and dumber. As he talked, he went to his knees. A huge wound opened itself in his stomach, catching him at the last word and splitting his face with agony. He dropped his weapons, as if he was holding his guts in. Phoebe could see his intestines and organs shimmering in the dry air through his hands. Thunder! She wrapped him in a healing spell, whispering a golden shell around the wound, trying to push his insides back where they should be. He pressed his hands against it, closing his eyes against the pain and sealing it with a shock of lightning. A jagged, brutal scar scrawled across his midsection. He met her eyes. I died. He then motioned to all the other bodies that had somehow appeared around them. We all did. A quick pause. Several times. What? What do you mean? You died several times here? Where are we? He gave her a sour look. Welcome to the Elysian Fields and the City of the Immortals. One of them, anyway. He spat the last phrase out as if it tasted foul, for what it's worth. Phoebe took another look at the lifeless mountains and desert covered with mutilated bodies. I thought the Elysian fields were greener? Ugh, he said. Ankh's version of eternal life, at least back then, one of her first experiments. The smell of rot and decay got stronger. Bodies piled up around them as Hulam completed the memory. Thousands of dead and dying. The air turned thick and sour. Phoebe gagged as blood started to run un under her feet. Pools of it. The mound started to stir, and she thought she could feel something, something familiar, something that reminded her. Thunder steadied himself. Spring, can you cast at a distance? She nodded. Good. Get up somewhere high. Do the best you can. Stay out of what's coming. Get ready, Magdalena, said Thunder. She, she, Sky King, she said, settling into a new stance. I hear and obey. Phoebe took off running, headed for the foothills nearby, a rock outcropping, something she could get a good shot from. 
The earth flexed under her feet, and she had to catch herself, scraping and scrabbling at the rock as terrible crunching noises started. <clears throat> as she turned back to the battle, she could see that the dead were raising themselves up, feet crushing their companions as armor connected with skulls and mutilated limbs, all focused on Thunder and Magda. Hundreds. There was a brilliant flash of light. The air bent and warped as Thunder drew circles in the air with his staff, exploding the twenty feet around him and Magda. Light turned to razors, and air was solid as he shoved his magic against the mounds of the dying. Phoebe couldn't be sure, but she thought the light looked less somehow. And when had Thunder ever needed a staff or words to cast? It hit her. He's just a child. He can only cast the magics he could when this first happened. Magda's sword slipped river-quick around her as she leapt into and out of the circle Thunder had drawn with his magic. Slashes and thrusts that severed tendons and bones before ducking back into the protective embrace of Thunder's air explosions. She paused next to him as he unleashed another one. Bodies again exploded around him, but the mass kept coming. Phoebe calmed her mind and pictured roots entangling all the creatures. Big, thick, strong roots locking them to the earth and reached for the green and growing things that were always around her. But there was nothing. Her magic sputtered in the cold desert and died. No, she thought, horrified. There's nothing living here. I have no power. There's always something. I have to, I have to do something. She tried to shape her own life energy into the form of an arrow, stripping Silence's bow off her back and waiting for the golden light to fill up the string and her waiting hands. But nothing happened. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't do it. Spring! We need you! Anything! She could see thunder striking around him, lightning bolts and odd spidery light that wrapped around the dead and exploded them into tiny pieces. Magda slithered and slashed until bones were crunched and all the bodies could do was crawl towards them with single, ferocious intent. I can't, she called back, but the other two couldn't hear her. She stumbled back down the mountain, slipping and falling in the scree, trying to get back to her companions. Hold on, I'm coming, I'm coming. None of the creatures seemed to notice her. All their will was on thunder. Even Magda didn't seem to register with them. She didn't even have to fight them. She could have been smoke for all the attention they gave her. Another explosion of light and sound erupted around thunder, sending creatures flying. Phoebe went to her knees, shielded by the bodies, waiting for her eyes to clear before running close. Thunder! One of his eyes was closed, leaking blood slowly. His face and neck were slashed with hundreds of cuts both deep and shallow. Lumps were missing from his armor, and he cradled his left arm against his body as he shouted and cast using his right arm. The things were trying to eat him, she realized, watching as another leapt onto him, taking a bite of his arm. Black ichor seemed to climb up his skin. Thunder burned it away with his clean white fire, but it seems dimmer, she thought. Close, close, I'm almost there, hang on. She threw herself through the opening, turning herself into golden dust, lighting on thunder, Again, penetrating into his mind, binding up the wounds and helping him burn out whatever the black thing was with his own energies. It hurt. She would have cried out if she had vocal cords. She tightened her mental space around him, letting the healing spell turn into bark skin and armor for his abused flesh. But nothing happened. Spring? She heard in his, her mind. It sounded younger, vulnerable, terrified, completely different from thunder. I can't hold them. I'm going to die here. We're fine. Magda's here. I'm here. 
No, you don't understand. His words disappeared as he opened up another blast around them. She could feel his body shaking with exhaustion and fear and shared it. They're going to take me. They're going to eat us. You have to get away. Get out of my head. You'll feel it the same as me. Please, Spring, don't be here. Magda slid into and out of her vision through Thunder's remaining eye. She could see the woman was moving more slowly. Her right leg didn't want to bend. It dragged behind her. One of her swords had shattered. Phoebe reached out a gossamer hand on the wind, whispering another word of power in her mind, and saw Magda straighten, moving closer to Thunder. Sky King, the other woman said, breathing hard. What comes next? Magda's side was open. Black blood oozed out of it, but Thunder couldn't see her. Jagged nails from a body tore across his other eye, blinding him, sending him to his knees. His staff dropped, the circle broke, and the silent wall of the dead fell over them. Phoebe could feel them. She could feel their teeth ripping Thunder's flesh apart, could feel her nerves being severed with Thunder. He was screaming, or she was screaming, or they were trying to scream until something plunged its fingers into his, her throat and ripped apart the vocal cords. Phoebe shouted mentally in her mind, This can't be happening. I won't let this happen. She couldn't see through Thunder's eyes, now blind, but she could hear slick, wet sounds and hungry chewing noises in the dark. They were eating her. They were eating her alive. She could hear them. She wanted to scream, too. Shocked, horrified realization briefly severed her link with Thunder. But this is a memory, right? She told herself. Thunder survived this? She wrenched herself away from Thunder's mind, fleeing, guilty for leaving the pain behind, but relieved as the connection stopped her from feeling Thunder dying slowly in agony. She rematerialized, standing at the edge of Thunder's circle, unable to see his body underneath the masses. What do I do? We're going to be trapped here? Die with him? Again? A sudden sick jerk of the earth put her to her knees, her hands biting into skulls and ruined bones that still seemed to look at her and beg for death. She snatched her hands back. Another boom seemed to ripple the earth as if a giant raindrop had fallen into liquefied stone. The creatures stopped as one body, held in awful stillness. Black indigo ribbons threaded through each one, one by one as they held paused by something only they could hear. Each one touched by one of the ribbons collapsed, broken, and did not rise again. The ground shuddered again, this time flinging Phoebe to the side, near thunder, or what was left of him, as a slight figure walked slowly towards the mass. Tendrils of indigo black looped out of him, reaching out to the creatures and gradually intensifying a faint aura of dark purple rimmed in black flame. Silence, she thought in relief, as he was a lifetime ago. As he drew closer, she could see that the indigo black light was sucking up the magic around him, consuming it, transmuting it into something like a twilight that seemed to fall onto the ground where he walked, turning the desert black. His skin stood out pale against it as he knelt down to thunder. Long threads of black snapped from the creatures, and meaty bits wrenched themselves out of the dead thing's desiccated stomachs. White light seeped from them, whispering towards thunder. Hello, said the young silence, smiling down at him. A friend mentioned you might need some help, and this is sort of my specialty. He held up a hand to twist the magic he'd pulled back from the dead around his hand and forearm, reaching down after a moment to place two fingers on Thunder's forehead. Forgive the intrusion, but I believe this belongs to you. 
The shadow mage closed his eyes, letting white light skitter into thunder as he drew up the blackened earth to fit over wounds and holes in the bigger boy's body. When the light touched them, they reverted back to flesh. Lightning sparked and raced all over thunder. Thunder moaned. It made Phoebe catch her breath and feel something hard constricting her chest. He sounded like one of the dead himself. There, there, friend. It's over. I know how much it hurts, dying over and over again. Silence held the other boy as thunder shook and trembled like a child. You must have been here for a long time. It's worse for a mage, he said, patting thunder's back soothingly and rocking back and forth slightly. But you survived for much longer than the usual lot. I'm so sorry. I came as soon as I could. The kindness seemed to be worse for Thunder as he fisted his hands in the shadow mage's robes and sobbed, broken and horrified. Silence held Thunder until the boy had cried himself out. When Thunder calmed down a little, Silence used a sleeve to wipe his face and frame his jaw with slender hands. There now. Hello, little brother. My name is Idas. What's yours? Deus, sighed Thunder, sniffling just a little. Deus. Well, Deus, bad luck for you to get stuck here, but I know a lovely place where you, he nodded to the masses of dead around him, and your friends can stop this. You want to come home with me? Thunder nodded, leaning back a little and trying to look less pathetic. Where are we going? Silence gave him a contented smile. I call it Crossroads. For a moment, Silence turned and looked directly at Phoebe. She could see his long lashes and his young face. She felt a twinge of hope as he stared at her that maybe he could see her, that she wasn't just a ghost in this memory. She reached out a hand, the barest hint of a smile starting. Silence! But the memory faded. Again, Magda, Thunder, and Phoebe were in a white room. Pullum sat on the bed, his legs crossed. Thunder, now appropriately aged, Scrubbed tears off his face and lurched to his feet, humiliated. Pullum, you son of a bitch. I'll drop you into that goddamn plane and let you spend eternity in the city of immortals yourself. How would you like that, huh? Answer me. There's no need, said the old man peacefully. Pullum is dead. I'm just the memory of what he was. Nothing but a shadow. He looked at Phoebe. I thought you would want to know. Know what? What it's like to be them, he said nodding at Magda and Thunder. No one ever knows what it's like. No one can understand unless they've been there. Shut your mouth, magician, bit Thunder. He drew a binding spell between his fingers, flexing as if he were going to cast it. Wait, wait, said Phoebe. Just give him a minute. He sounds like he has something he wants to tell us. Stupid woman, Thunder said, flinging the spell over Holum. I bind you, soul binder. I lock you to earth and command your power to mine. By your name, Holum, you are mine. The spell leapt out of his hands and fastened around Soulbinder, only to have it disappear into nothingness. He just said he's already dead, Deus. Said, he's already dead, Deus, said the old man, bracing his head on his hands, elbows on thighs. There's nothing to bind. There's nothing here but the memories that you bring. I'm just leftover magic and pain from his lifetime. Nothing but air and darkness. The old man's expression and tone of voice never changed. There was no emotion, but somehow Phoebe thought she could feel pity from him, as if he was trying to comfort Thunder. He was never like you, Thunder. He could only see what others wanted him to see, what they wanted to show. We're all hidden like that. I will destroy you, snarled Thunder. 
Sky King, why are you so upset? asked Magda. There's no more danger. Your memory is safe, back with you. There's no shame in being exhausted and broken by death. She cocked her head to the side, very hound-like. Why are you doing this? Didn't Master Silence heal you like he did me? No, he growled. I didn't need healing. It was mine, my history, my life. Cullum had no right to show it to someone, no right to make me experience all those things again. A sudden flash of insight moved Phoebe to kneel at the old man's feet, taking a deep breath and letting it out in a huff. Soulbinder, all that's listed under your name in my husband's journal is the word hope. Why is that? He gave her a brilliant smile. Did it say what my other name is? Phoebe shook her head. He leaned down to her, still smiling as if he was pleased with her, and whispered into her ear, It's dream. And in a clear moment, Phoebe saw Hulum, the real Hulum, consciousness, hope, magic itself. He was the reason why anything happened, where love and hate and order and chaos all came together. Creativity, imagination, the shaper of the universe. Oh my, she said. He was the bridge between earth and heaven. Indeed. The, world, the word rumbled around her mind, showing her colors and images as if she was thrown into an aurora of others' experiences, a constantly shifting, beautiful array of emotions, needs, memories, making up universal consciousness. She disconnected from her body, swirling in astral understanding, seeing the potential for all things, the nature of all things, in a single moment. She framed her understanding into a single, clear diamond, glowing gold and swirling with the colors of the aurora as she shaped a focus for Hulum. In this, we don't need to destroy you, we need to keep you, she thought. She held up the stone to the coruscating colors. Will you loan us part of yourself? Give us something to hold on to? You already have it, it whispered back to her. She brought the stone to her heart. It thrummed. She could feel something in her vibrating with it, music that she felt in her bones. It made her think of silence and her mother and warmth. Sunshine and flowers whispered the phrase in her mind. It's delicious. She opened her eyes. The white room was gone. She was standing on a mountain on the roof of the world. Miles of sky reached out as the Milky Way flung itself as a river of light in front of her. Bitter cold and ice swirled around her in air too thin to breathe, but she wasn't afraid. I name you Morpheus, she thought, placing the diamond into the highest point on the peak, and thank you for giving us yourself. The diamond flared, expanding to take over her whole field of vision, reflecting a sea of stars and crystalline ice in aurora colors. I accept, it whispered. There was a flash of light so bright Phoebe tried to call out, but sound to it seemed to explode in on itself, blasting her through a gate. That's the end of episode six. We'll see you next week, everyone.